Homage to the Buddha, homage to the Dharma, homage to the Sangha. This is an introduction to a series that we are going to do called Exploring Monastic Life. Next summer, in 2023, the monastery is hoping to host a retreat for Exploring Monastic Life which is something that Shasta Abbey has done in the past and we haven't done since COVID and it seems like it would be a good time to do again. Monastic life is something that people who visit the monastery are often interested in, um, maybe not to actually become monks, but interested in the life of monks. Although I think there are some people out there who are exploring monastic life themselves and are interested in what is a monk, what does it take to become a monk, what is the life of a monk, um, is that something that I would want to do. So over the next six, six to eight months, uh, we are going to do a series of talks on different aspects of monastic life to help people see into the life in into the monastic life and talk about things that maybe we don't talk about so much. Uh, they're not secret. They're just specific aspects of monastic life um, unique to actually being a monk and the teaching relationships between uh, master and disciple, for example, is is a very big topic, especially in Zen. The relationship between teacher and student is extremely important in our tradition. Living on alms. Monks uh, live on alms. We don't have jobs. We're not earning money. In fact, we're even blessed that the monastery can not charge for retreats. We don't charge guests who come here. We're very grateful for donations, and in fact, it's all our lay friends who support us, but we don't actually charge for retreats. Leaving friends and family behind. As monks, we are leaving the home life behind. This can be a very difficult and scary part of monastic life. What does that mean to leave your family behind? And that's a topic that we will explore. Celibacy is a very important part of monastic life. We don't have husbands or wives. We don't have romantic relationships. We don't have sexual relationships. And even the attitude of mind with regards to sexuality. We are not trying to cultivate sexuality. We are trying to let go of that sexual energy. So people who come here, who we may naturally be attracted to, we're not acting on that. We're trying to let that go. And so that's a topic that I think can possibly be very opaque because it is so against the grain of the world. So why would anyone want to do that? Um, that's uh, definitely a topic that we'll talk about.
why silence? If you've come to the monastery, if you've come to Shasta Abbey, you'll know that we're not completely silent. And we do, especially during retreat time, try our best to cultivate uh, an attitude of stillness and silence. In short, the reason for this is because there's the practice that we do is very much rooted in a, a very quiet and still place. And we have to be quiet and practice stillness in order to root ourselves there and to order in order to find this quote placeless place but we thought that talking about our practice of silence or quiet would be helpful and interesting the relationship between the lay and monastic sangha this could be part of living on alms, but also there is more than just the monastery being supported. There is the, that the lay sangha, well, it's one sangha, the lay, our lay practitioners support the monks and the monks support the laity. And what is the relationship there? Um, perhaps what, you know, monastic practice and lay practice and, and just talking about that relationship between these two groups of people and that can be I think that can be a tricky topic because the main thing that the monks don't want to do during this series is in any way devalue practice because lay practice monastic practice really it's all the same practice this is all the same training we're all doing the same thing and we support each other and there's just two different paths the lay practice and monastic practice. The four requisites, which are traditionally food, clothing, medicine, and shelter. And these are also, could be part of this living on alms topic. But I think the four requisites is an expansion of living on alms, and why living simply is part of our practice. How does that influence our monastic practice? Reverend Master Daishin, who is the vice abbot here of Shasta Abbey, once said to me very quickly in passing, he said to me in the kitchen, uh, I entered the monastery with nothing and I'm still rich. And that really that really hit when he said that. Just he's just walking past me and he just kind of stopped, said it, and then kept going. And and it just really warmed my heart. Uh I can't remember whether I was a lay person on my journey to becoming a monk or whether I was a young monk at the time. I just can't remember. But I remember that um, I was encouraged because in my own journey to becoming a monk, there was very much this letting go of what I wanted and what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. The four requisites, we need those to practically 
live in a reality where we'll die from the cold. And yet a monk is letting go in a very big way. We don't go out and see a movie on Friday night. We're not really in control of our lives in a very real way because what we do, there is a sense of thinking of self, but there's also an equal sense of thinking of other and of the sangha, of the monastic community, what's good to do here. We don't just live for ourselves. Everything that we do, we are always considering what is going to be the impact uh, on others. And there was something about that simplicity, that letting go, that having nothing and yet, and yet still being rich, that really called to me. And so I was really encouraged when he, he said that to me in passing. There is a saying that some are called into the monastic life and some are pushed into monastic life. What that means is some experience the wish to become a monk as a calling. And in my own journey, that is the category that I fall into. For some reason, the idea of becoming a monk came up and it just seemed good to do. I felt called to that life, even though it didn't necessarily, it wasn't something I wanted to do. I didn't want to be celibate, drugs, sex, and rock and roll, like that, that, I was quite happy with that. So why would I want to do this other thing? It kept growing and it just was something that I couldn't ignore and had to continue to explore and eventually chose to do. Some people are pushed, meaning that they have a very acute relationship with suffering. Some sort of tragedy in their life, uh, a death, whatever. They, f they experience the suffering of life in a very real way. And are determined to find a way to get beyond that suffering. There must be something more than this. There must be something more than this suffering. There has to be a way to find peace within this. And in my opinion, in my own experience, I think we all experience those. If, if you come, if you feel the calling you eventually, I think, have to look at suffering. And I think if you look at suffering, you eventually uncover the call. Uh, I think those two doors are, are one door. It's just a, a difference in, in perspective or details. Because as Rev. Master Oswin, my teacher, often reminded me, everyone is called Everyone has the opportunity to become a monk, to leave the world behind and live a different kind of life. And few answer that call because it is a very difficult choice to make. You are, in a very real way, doing a great amount of work in letting go of the self. And so everyone 
most likely in multiple points in their life might feel that call or experience that suffering and that very real question of there has to be something more than this. But the question is, in what way do we answer that call? The question of what is a monk, I find to be a very difficult question to answer. There's a story here at Shasta Abbey where Reverend Master Hario, who is the head of our order, was in a cafe or something, and a young child asked him, what are you? And Reverend Master Hario said, I'm a monk. And the child said, well, what is that? And Reverend Master Hario's answer was, a monk is someone who tries to be the best that they can be at all times. And I think if you asked every monk here at the Abbey, what is a monk, you'd get a different answer. It's a question that I find difficult to describe, to answer, possibly because a monk is not something that's trying to to do or to be anything in one sense. You can't describe a monk necessarily like you would describe a software engineer. What is a software engineer? Well, it's an engineer who writes code, who writes software, who builds software programs. You can describe things that monks do in their monastic life, but those things do not necessarily define a monk. And I think it's because monastic life, the Buddhist way, the Buddhist practice and monastic life specifically, which is distilling down this practice in a, in a very cultivated, direct way of life, it is pointing us towards the unconditioned. It's pointing us towards Buddha nature, that which is not born and does not die, not a thing that anyone can destroy or take away from you or that can be lost. And so the root of monastic life is this thingless thing, this placeless place. And you, it's not something that you can define. It's the practice. It's the Dharma. It's the Buddha. And that influences our daily life. It influences all of these various topics that I described which are important, very important to monastic life. And it is expressed in our daily life. But it's not, it's not something that you can actually point to and say, that's it. It's not something you could actually put into a word and say, this is it. It's just something that we express, that we live that we make real through our body, speech, and mind. And so, if you were going to ask me, that's a very long-winded way of, of how I would try to answer that question. But I think in reality, anyone who wants to become a monk and tries out this life has to find that definition for themselves. And yet, it would be a mistake to say that, well, what a monk is, is going to be different for each person, because that's not true. The heart of a monk is going to be the same. It's one heart, but it has a multitude, an infinite amount of expressions. 
because monastic life is not something that is a personal thing. It's not my personal life. It's not my personal expression that I can hold on to. And when someone corrects me and offers me some advice on how to do something differently, I can't hold on to that and say, oh, well, no, well, this is my perspective. Like, this is how I see it. There is a one heart that has an infinite amount of expressions. And very much part of what the young monk, the novice monk training at Shasta Abbey is, is about rooting yourself in that one heart, that one mind. And as you grow monastically, you learn how to give expression to that in your own way. All of the teachers here at Shasta Abbey, no one Dharma talk is the same. They all live and describe the Buddha's practice in their own way, but it is rooted in that one heart. So these topics about monastic life are are definitely not exhaustive, and we may add more topics to it as as we think of them or as these ideas change. And so this is just a quick introduction to the idea of this series. Um, Hopefully we'll try and do a talk on this once a month, maybe twice a month if we can. And we look forward to sharing this life with you all. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email the guest master, which is guestmaster at shastaabbey.org. If you want to engage with this series and we'll see if we can weave in uh, questions and illuminate certain aspects that may not be getting addressed because this is for you all. This is something that the monks want to share with you all because I think all of us share the idea that we enjoy this life. We find a great amount of joy and gratitude in this life because although it is difficult, it is extremely joyful. And I personally cannot imagine doing anything else. Uh, I'm really grateful to be here and I'm really grateful to be a monk. Homage to the Buddha. Homage to the Dharma. Homage to the Sangha.